Welcome to 10 Minutes, a breakout investor podcast. Today we are taking a updated look at Smith Micro, ticker SMSI. Joining me for today's update on the company is our number one breakout investor, Aaron Warwick. But first, a disclaimer, no one on this call is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. This podcast is for information purposes only. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investor Discussion app, which can be accessed via your browser at app.breakoutinvestors.com, or you can download the mobile app by visiting the Apple or Android App Store. The application and much of the research content is free. Now to our topic, Smith Micro, ticker SMSI. Aaron, uh, there's been some very significant developments with respect to the company. They had an earnings call recently. Could you update our listeners on the current status at Smith Micro? Yeah, I'd love to, Scott. I think uh, the biggest thing that we could say as it relates to an update is the fact that uh, Smith on the call, the CEO, uh, said that the Family Mode 3 app, which is Smith's white-labeled SafePath product has now been approved by the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, and said that T-Mobile plans to roll this out uh, in a few weeks. He said that was last on last week's call. And in addition to that, we've also seen evidence of this. Um, some people in our community have shared with us, and I believe it's also now on StockTwits and elsewhere. But last week, some of the users logged into Family Mode. Uh, there was an a message that came up that said the upgrade coming next week, family mode 3.0 will be bringing new features and, and so forth. And uh, so it, it appears that T-Mobile is on the verge of launching Smith's safe path product. They'll be launching it in a couple of weeks. Now, does that mean people should be rushing to buy the stock because the announcement itself will cause uh, Smith micro to reprice? It's a great question. <laughs> I wish I could answer it. There've been other times that I thought, uh, here within the past few months that some catalyst coming as it relates to Smith Micro, and yet the stock has still not performed well, did not perform well after the call. Uh, and I think there was a couple of reasons for that. Uh, first of all, I think uh, one of the things that, that was mentioned to me by several people, including um, an institutional investor, is concern about Smith's Mic- Smith Micro's cash balance. Uh, and I think this was specifically re- related to the fact that uh, the new CFO, James Kempton, said on the call that uh, Q1 of this year would be uh, the largest cash burn that they had. And then Q2, he said, would be slightly better. And I think people were a little bit concerned when he said about the slightly better. And also, uh, I think part of that concern as well is not so much that Smith would run out of cash. They have a, a decent balance, I believe, around $15 million or so at the end of the year. Uh, but rather that sometimes these vendors, these uh, carriers, tier one carriers require their vendors to have a certain amount of cash on hand and perhaps Smith would go below that. And you've gotten comfortable that uh, Smith Micro is not going to have a cash issue or that it shouldn't be affecting the trading price of the stock? Yeah, I, in speaking with management, it it became uh, crystal clear to me, let's just say, that um, that they have absolutely no concern at all that they would have to do any sort of dilutive raise. I even brought up, floated the idea of you know, short-term debt, uh, given the fact that they have no debt on their balance sheet, uh, the fact that revenue should be ramping um, you know, shortly after T-Mobile rolls out within three to six months. 
um, and they should actually be highly cash flow positive by the end of the year. And, and my read of, of how they answered my question was that is that that wasn't even something that they thought was going to be needed. So I'm, I'm extremely comfortable uh, as it relates to their cash balance, their working capital uh, going forward, even before they get this bump in revenue that we expect. Now, you said uh, that the company didn't perform well, and you gave a couple of reasons for that might be. But what you didn't say is that we're in a different kind of market uh, right now in 2022 than what we got accustomed to in 2021. I really get the sense that uh, the market has changed with respect to, well, not so much small companies, but but growth-oriented companies. And Smith Micro is you know positioning itself as a, as a growth story. And uh, the, the market is disinclined to value highly companies that haven't proven themselves, even some companies that are proving themselves if they're losing money. So Smith is uh, probably caught up in a, a market orientation, more of a show me. Um, yeah, great. You say you have these customer relationships. Yeah, great. You say that uh, they're going to be launching your product. Um, show me. Uh, show me the uptick in your revenue, show me the profitability, and then we'll buy your stock. Do you think that's a fair appraisal of the situation at Smith Micro right now with respect to its depressed stock price? Absolutely. I think it's it's uh, relevant, not just because that's the overall market environment, but if you look at the comments, I just released recently an article on Seeking Alpha, and there are, there's like 73 comments. But if you, you know, if you look through those comments, you can see there's a, a lot of people who are very skeptical about what Smith is saying. Um, and that boils down to two things. One of them is uh, they, they note that correctly, that CEO Bill Smith uh, has been saying for a while that and, and indicating for a while that T-Mobile was going to roll out. And of course, what um, Bill Smith couldn't foresee is all the things that happened as it related to the merger, you know, going uh, between T-Mobile and Sprint going to court. And then, of course, you have COVID-19 and all of that. And, and so that obviously impacted some of that. Uh, but even so, I think, you know, they look at uh, in Q, uh, on the Q3 earnings call, Bill Smith said, you know, that he expected as early as possible a release of family mode in Q1. And here we are almost at the end of Q1 and it's not out. But the difference this time is that we actually have evidence from T-Mobile. As I mentioned earlier, I have a screenshot of it in my article. People can see it on our platform as well, that Family Mode, uh, which is run by T-Mobile, actually had an announcement last week within their app that there would be an update this week. And then the second thing I think that I'm hearing from people in the comments to my article is that, well, you know, Smith's been down this road before. They claim they always have the latest and greatest. They've kind of been a boom or a bust company. And, and now it's kind of like, show me, you know, is this product really that great? Um, you know, like you said, show me. I mean, it, it, let's see the revenues. And so, you know, that's why I think perhaps there's going to be some sort of a bump when, you know, if and when T-Mobile rolls out uh, family mode 3.0. Um, but perhaps it will be a little more muted than we would otherwise expect, given the fact that uh, they made it pretty clear on their last call that they don't expect a huge uptick in revenue uh, until beyond Q2 of this year. Well, I want to push a little bit harder into the, the feedback you got on your Seeking Alpha article. Uh, it, was, it was more than a show-me attitude. It was extreme skepticism. Clearly, some people have been hurt by Smith Micro. I don't know if it was, you know, the, the, the company is, is, has been around for quite a while. It's been public, what, 20 years? 
And it's had several cycles up and down as different generations of mobile products have come to market, seen periods of strong growth, and then obsolescence and decline. And then they reinvent themselves with the next project. But um, you're, you're getting a type of skepticism in the comment section of your articles I've not seen before. I'm saying it's more than a show me attitude. It, it's hostility. Could you, yes. rather than defending against the attacks, do you have any, any way to understand why people are taking the time to question your thesis on the company uh, with such skepticism and derision for Smith Micro and his management? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two things. I think one of them is the past that you've mentioned. There has been a boom or bust cycle. You can go back and see how, you know, if you look at the uh, long-term charts of Smith Micro, how they've had uh, several big booms followed by busts. And so obviously a lot of people that buy in on the boom and and then they're part of the bust are going to be upset with management. And then the second thing is just more recently, I mean, people are upset because the stock's been cut in half. Um, you know, over a fairly short amount of time, it's it's gotten hit with the rest of the market and, and even more than uh, some other names. Um, we're probably being hit by uh, some hedging that people assuming it's going to be dropped from the Russell. So, yeah, people tend to get more negative and pessimistic as the stock price drops. There was a reply that you gave where you said, yes, I'm conscious of the history and, and I'm mindful of it, but I'm also not going to make what's happened in the past make me blind to what's right in front of me. Uh, it's it's yes, this strange exactly. behavior in the face of what I have described is the best position the company has ever been in. My goodness, they've got T-Mobile launching within weeks. They've got Verizon on deck and AT&T after that. And that's just the United States. And then, then there's other carriers in the United States, you know, Cricket and Boost. Um, uh, and they've got international carriers signed up. I mean, this really looks to be a great time for the company. And it does seem to me that some people are saying, well, the stock is down along with everything else. And therefore, I see nothing but doom and gloom in the company's future. And I'm just having a really hard time reconciling it. You know, it, it's not the attitude of what would be a successful investor. And we are talking about the comment section of Seeking Alpha. So there's no guarantee everybody there is a successful investor. Um, what, what I'm really trying to build to is you know, for investors like you and I and a lot of the people on break, Breakout, this is the opportunity that we live for. The, co- the company has simultaneously the best prospects we've ever seen for it and the lowest stock price. And, uh, you know, I guess I can segue then into saying, you know, on the Breakout investor app, we have a, 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 a ranking uh, a scale for, uh, for companies where people can come in and and give their thoughts on where the stock price is going to go and whether they're, they're uh, very bullish in terms of weighting the position or bearish. Uh, and Smith Micro, I believe, has the highest rating of any company on the platform. We see tremendous opportunity. And the dichotomy between that and the comments on your Seeking Alpha article couldn't be more stark. They're dumping on the company while we're as excited about it as we possibly could be. Yeah. And I just want to point out, and I mean, I'm not saying this by any means, you know, to, to try to boast or anything like that, but just to point out the fact that my sentiment on Smith micro has changed a lot over the last year to year and a half. And I was one who was, uh, I, I was never pessimistic on the company, but I was, you know, cautiously 
optimistic, I would say. And, and I even lightened my position from being uh, overweight uh, to being a very small position. When last year in 2021, we learned um, through our research that it was going to take Smith a while to integrate uh, these acquisitions they made both of Circle and Avast and to have a product ready. Uh, and so I was actually, you know, when the stock was around $7 last year, I was, it took quite a bit off the table and I took quite a bit of heat from people that were extremely bullish saying, you know, look at what they've created. And I'm saying, yeah, look at what they've created, but it is going to take some time. It's going to take some money. They had to invest in additional human resources and hiring uh, developers uh, to get the product ready for where it is now. And now I'm in the exact reverse position, which is, I'm sitting here saying, how can I free up, you know, where can I free up more cash um, to, to go overweight? Because now the stock price is less than half of what it was then. They have basically signaled that they're, they're bottoming out now in this current quarter. And so it's just a much brighter future ahead because now all of the stuff that people were excited about last year, you know, that they basically, to use this word loosely, they have a monopoly in the space of providing the carriers, this family safety and location products. It's not a monopoly because there are other competitors, but they don't work directly with the carriers. But nonetheless, they have this monopoly with these tier one carriers, as you said, in the US, potentially, eventually, internationally, and it's all up from here. So uh, really, the, the, the way the stock is priced now is, is basically, yeah, we don't believe your story. And I'm, and I do, I, I, I believe their story. I think they're going to have success with all three carriers, you know, at, at different times, um, starting probably pretty soon with T-Mobile. And then eventually it sounds like Verizon late in the year and, and AT&T either late this year, or early next. And, you know, even if you're off a quarter or two on those, if, if Verizon or AT&T decides they need to make a few changes to make the product better, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of uh, two or three year time frame. That, you know, it's insignificant when you're talking about the operating leverage that Smith has. I'm just checking the uh, the rankings, and I see both you and I uh, think that the stock is probably going to see fifteen dollars uh, within the next eighteen months, which is almost five x from where it is now. And of course, if they do launch and successfully see promotion of their family safety apps on all three of the American major carriers. Uh, it's potential that 15 is just the start. Uh, I know Mark Gomes talks about Smith Micro quite a bit. If, if you uh, got a take on, on uh, what he's been saying to his followers with respect to the future potential of the company? Well, I would say that he and I are in lockstep um, about the future potential. And uh, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know that Mark necessarily gives uh, price targets and, and, I sort of give them loosely, but uh, you know, you mentioned that fifteen dollar, and in my in the commentary that I provided uh, in our app, I mentioned that that was just the beginning. You know, if we see that there is um, some serious penetration into the carriers, Bill Smith has talked before about how each of the carriers would like to have in the millions of subscribers. Well, if we start seeing that happening, then you know, fifteen dollars is an afterthought. Uh, we Mark and I are both looking at. Uh, the potential of Smith, you know, by late 2023, early 2024, um, you know, being in the dollar per share, uh, earnings per share run rate. And when you're talking about that on a SaaS based business, uh, obviously $15 a share would be a pretty underwhelming 
uh, stock price. And I can't imagine why Smith would, would be at that price if they are able to produce those types of results. You know, I'm tempted to end the uh, podcast there, you know, with uh, uh, the, the, you know, the significant upside projection for the company, but it occurs to me that it has to be pointed out that the company has been working for maybe the six, six to 12 months with very significant hiring, spending, and work being done to build out the apps. So this isn't a situation where we expect that the company needs to spend years developing, selling, improving out uh, its offering. We, we know that the company has built the app to the requirements of T-Mobile and T-Mobile's launching in a couple of weeks. Uh, we expect that they will spend a month or two or maybe even a quarter uh, ironing out the bugs and the various issues. And then the company is going to be rolling out with those other two major carriers and potentially seeing millions of subscribers, you know, as you say, uh, by the end of next year. Um, so the, the point I guess I'm making is either the product is going to be successful or it's not. And if it's, if it's going to be successful, uh, the, the, the work has essentially been done. They've, they've built the product, they've won the customers. Now it's just uh, marketing and rolling those users uh, into the application. Did I get that right? Uh, is that uh, consistent with your appreciation for the situation? Yeah. And, and, there's a couple of things to point out in there too that I think are really important. So the number one, especially as it relates to critics right now of saying, you know, whether or not this product's going to be successful or doubting Smith, you know, the reason they've been able to fund this development up front in large part is because the product was successful. The first iteration of it, I should say, was successful uh, as white labeled as safe and found with Sprint. And even with Sprint now not you know, T-Mobile still has a, a separate Sprint brand with, with them not promoting that product and just keeping the customers they already had, you know, Smith is able to bankroll, has enough cash to be able to do this. Now I know they did some, some raises and so forth, but those were primarily to fund the acquisitions um, of Circle and Avast. Uh, but the money that's coming in now uh, is, is primarily from this product having been so successful at Sprint. So that's number one. Number two, like you said, once this product is developed and is ready for use at all the carriers, Smith can then begin um, to decrease their operating expenses because uh, of course the uh, manpower that's needed to keep the app running is not nearly as much as it is to develop it and to begin to integrate and to start integrating it into the carrier's network. And so Smith has already wisely uh, positioned themselves uh, for this purpose. And so a lot of the, their expenses now are for uh, developers that are working for them on a contract basis rather than employees. So it's not like they're going to have massive layoff. These are project-based um, contractors. And so it'll be quite simple uh, once uh, you get Verizon and AT&T up as well. It'll be quite simple for Smith uh, to end that contract work for it. And this is something that Mark uh, Gomes and I have both looked at. We think that it could, could possibly be up to the tune of them saving $6 million annually on development expenses that they've been incurring here recently. Uh, winding down those contract positions and just keeping their employees that are able to maintain the product. And of course, you know, to make the, 
the upgrades and so forth, which are always a lot easier than to actually develop and to unify what was three products, the original safe path, the circle and the Avast into one that's going to be now used by all carriers. So the operating leverage is strong in and of itself, even if you don't decrease uh, the operating expenses because you have 80 to 90% gross margins. But on top of that, you're going to be decreasing the operating expenses. So it just makes the leverage even higher. All right. Well, I think that's an appropriate place to take our leave. Uh, That's been 10 minutes. Thank you, Aaron. We are Breakout Investors. This podcast is meant as an easy on-ramp to understanding today's company and the research and collaboration with you. Please join us for discussion on Smith Micro and for other small and microcap names with Catalyst on our discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com or via Apple or Android App Store download. Breakout Investor 10-Minute Podcast is syndicated and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, listen, and give a five-star review. Some or all the speakers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. The views in this podcast expressed are those of the speakers, not breakout investors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Neither breakout investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast and any liability, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore is expressly disclaimed. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor, known as providing investment advice. Before investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.